I'm Shiloh. I'm Amelia. And this is Plead the Belly, a podcast about women and the crimes they commit. Pleading the Belly is a practice from early English common law where women could claim they were pregnant to avoid execution. This podcast contains explicit and disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised. And today we are going to be talking about Loretta Velezquez. I did write an intro. Whoa. I I love it. Yep. And you can veto it if you want. The case of the American Civil War, spy versus spy, where both spies are the same spy. (laughs) What a twist. That sounds like a bad Twilight Zone twist. Spy versus spy. But they're the same spy. Isn't that kind of what spy versus spy was a little bit? I mean, I guess not really. No. But I always felt like it was because you had the white one and the black one, but they were like the same. It was just like... I think the... The uh, two different parts was of the same lazy. soul. Uh, Maybe I'm thinking a little... I'm away thinking, overthinking spy versus spy. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> All right. So we have some announcements. We have announcements and I have a shout out. Do you have a shout out? Or do I you have an announcement? I have a lack of a shout out that I'll explain to you when it's my turn. Okay. I'll start with mine. Yeah. So I would love to thank from Twitter at WonderLustLost for doing the Lord's work and telling everyone on Twitter about our podcast. We You're, really appreciate you. We love you. Uh, would you like a shout out on I'll Plead the Belly episode? You can do awesome things to spread the word about the podcast or you can join our $5 tier on Patreon the belly champions which who doesn't want that title come on come on uh you can also join patreon for a dollar a month and get early release to episodes and access to all the exclusive content and if you are a patreon patron you know what i keep saying calling people patreons but you're a patron mm, on patreon of our patreon yeah i'll get it right mm. here's the thing you already know this if you're a patron because you get live updates of things that happen that I post there and I'm going to skip ahead to the you know what I'm not going to skip ahead I'm going to let Amelia do her shout out and then I'm going to do some news oh gosh news all right so mine is a story about not giving a shout out because it's funny okay uh my sister's boyfriend has asked her multiple times why he doesn't get a shout out on our podcast and he's very upset that he hasn't gotten one but he doesn't pledge enough to get a shout out and she explains it to him every time and every time i see him he's like but maybe you could do this pull a string i'm not gonna do it we're not pulling strings here yeah we're not fans of nepotism but we absolutely appreciate you being a patron we do we appreciate it just not enough to say your name on air (laughs) well you presented that in the meanest way possible Like, you're being so sassy right now. I don't even want to take part in this, even though I agree with you. <laughs> but we really appreciate all of our patrons. We sure do. What's your story? Um, So, in the news, and again, patrons already know about this. In the news, I wake up one morning, what, last week and the weekend before. Time's not happening for me right now. I wake up one morning and my wife looks at me and she goes, have you been on Twitter? And I'm like... I obviously haven't been because I don't know. Otherwise, I'd already know what you're about to tell me. Yeah. Our favorite basketball player, Brittany Griner. Oh, I saw this. Gets in a physical altercation on the court. Um, 
that how many let's let's just read it so i get the numbers right um she was ejected from a game against the dallas wings who glory johnson happens to play for but glory johnson was not in the fight she was seen like holding her own teammates back um and she was chasing she literally chased a player down the court damn and she had to be held down by everybody and she along with five other people were ejected from the game wow due to this uh fight and it was epic and just kind of like oh all at the same time so that's the big news it's always fun when someone we cover does something. It is. You get it's a little a, update. You get a little update. And then, of course, I'm sitting there watching it on slow-mo. And then the announcers were the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> it's like, but she's been doing so good lately. <laughs> or like, or just being like, well, this is going to affect the playoffs. Cause <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was kind of sad. Do you have any news? Nope. On a personal note, want to let everyone know that I caught up with the Kardashians. We're all really proud of you. Yeah. Um, but then something terrible happened, and it's all Steph's fault. And if you don't remember Steph, she's the one who yells at people in airports. <laughs> I put on Instagram to? that I had caught up with the Kardashians, and then what happened was. Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth broke up. I heard. And then Miley Cyrus was seen making out with Brody Jenner's ex-wife. And then I was like, who is this Christian chick? And then I was like, oh, it's Brody Jenner's wife. He's kind of a Kardashian. And then I was like looking it up and the two of them were on the new hills. And I was like, what is the hills? <laughs> so that lasted all of 30 minutes before even I couldn't handle the what hills. What is the hills? It's an MTV reality show. That's all you need to know. If from like or like from a long time ago. It's so bad. Okay. Um, so I couldn't I couldn't take it and I had an Instagram story about it. So along comes Steph and is like, aha, this is so funny. And then she turns me on to this Netflix reality show. <laughs> Netflix has reality shows, number one. Let's just stop there. <laughs> number two, this show is so addictively horrible. It's called Yummy Mummies. Oh, she's been trying to get me to watch that. It's Australian pregnant women having babies and, like, giving shade at each other. It's And, so- like, throwing, like, Gucci baby showers, right? That's what she told me. Um, Versace, let's Vers- not be basic here. It's destroyed me. My wife is so upset. <laughs> um, oh, so, anyway, stay tuned for that. I am just waiting for one of them to fuck up so that we can cover them here. Yes, we don't have any Australians yet, do we? Yeah, I don't... I, not that I know of. Okay. So, I'm watching Are them. Are you really going to eat... I w- oh, I forgot that we're on. <laughs> I was about to eat a cracker, but we're recording. It's so good, though. What is it? Cinnamon or ginger? Okay. Yeah, it's so, so How are you, Amelia? Super. <laughs> Hit us. Let's talk about our lady. Yeah, but before we do, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And don't forget to go on Patreon and sign up there. And if you want the shout out, you have to do $5. Sorry. Um, And then what else? Leave us a review, you guys. Are whole- <laughs> keep holding back on us on the reviews. I can see on um, like the internet is not a vacuum. I can see what you do on our like. I can see how many of you are listening to this, and then I can see how many of you left reviews. And it's not equal. It's not the same <laughs> number. It's not even close. So go leave a review and humor us, thank please. you. 
Thank you so much. All right. Velezquez. Wow. You want to try that again? Velezquez. Today's person of interest is Loretta Juanita Velezquez. And as you can tell, she was a Civil War spy. But wait. As you can tell. From the intro. Oh, I thought you went from her name. No. Okay, let me complete that thought. As you may have... Pieced together? Figured out from the intro. She is a Civil War spy. But or we don't... was she... Twilight. <laughs> Civil War Twilight Zone. This episode is out of control. <clears throat> Loretta Velazquez was born in Cuba on June 26 of 1842 to a wealthy family. It's really important to remember that she's a wealthy Cuban because of society. So she moved to New Orleans in 1849 to go to finishing school and become a proper woman. She lived with her aunt and she wasn't becoming a proper woman. And this was troubling to her family. Because she was set to marry some other rich guy. Um, but she was just not into the whole society thing. She did not do well in finishing school. She did not like being a proper lady. Um, so at age 14, she married an officer of the Texas Army. Wow. Which at the time was the American Army. Which at the time was the Federal Army. You know what I mean? Because we're we're not quite Confederate Union yet, but mm-hmm. we're about to be. Mm-hmm. So she marries this guy and her dad is pissed. Like she like you're a rich Cuban woman and you marry this stupid soldier guy. Are you kidding me? So she ends up being estranged from her Cuban family. Mm. Um, the other important thing to note is that around this time period is when then of the Mexican-American War. And so Mexicans, but actually all Latino people, are being portrayed as barbaric and all this. So she was really actively passing as like a darker-skinned white person in mm. New Orleans. Um, and that's kind of... That's, I think that's really relevant to her story. Uh, to talk about that. So, Texas. She married this guy in Texas. Because New Orleans is actually pretty close to Texas. I always forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they get married and they headed north. And they moved to St. Louis. They had kids now. And her husband got sent to fight in the native the Indian Wars. But, you know, that's what they called them then. Yeah. So, that's why I said it like that. Yeah. Um, We're not endorsing the names. <laughs> that's what, what it called. was called. Um, so while she, while he was fighting those wars, she was in St. Louis with their two kids. And I think that's really interesting just because a lot of Minnesota history has to do with like the Dakota Wars and stuff. Mm -hmm. And everything revolves like Minnesota history with this revolves around St. Louis because that was the biggest city at the time for like supplies and stuff. So I'm like, Hey, I know something about this. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she's in St. Louis. She has two kids and she's about to have another kid. She has another kid and it does not make it because it's the 1800s and kids die. So then it gets even more bad because they put it as, quote, the fever comes to St. Louis Mm. 
And then her other, her older two kids pass away. Oh man. So that's bad. She's young still, right? She's yeah. Like eighteen or something. I think she had her first kid at like fifteen, and then she was. I think at this point she's around twenty, if I remember right. Okay. I'm getting that from the PBS documentary, which you should watch. Oh, what's it good. called? It's called Rebel. Loretta Velazquez, secret soldier of the American Civil War. Is that how you got the idea for using her? Yeah, because you want to know why. Why? Um, sometimes we get movies from the library. <laughs> and it was a date night movie. Aww. And they were like, ooh, war. Let's order pizza. <laughs> Um, and then the whole time i'm like did okay so this was happening we're watching the documentary and i'm like oh my god this is such a good story please tell me she like ended up committing a crime please tell me she was like (laughs) arrested for a crime and then we get to the part where that happens and you'll talk about that and i'm just sitting there like yes i'm sure your wife was like super (laughs) we can talk about her on the podcast this is great no it's a really good documentary and then um I want to talk about a couple more things. She, I just want people to know, and this is also from PBS, so it's 100% true. It is estimated that during the Civil War, 500 to 1,000 women went into military service. Wow. As nurses or as uh, soldiers? To fight. Wow. And I like a lot of women went undercover as men, but... Um, I'm just going to read you the quote. It says that their contributions to major events of that era are often overlooked, misunderstood, misrepresented, or undocumented. Shocking. What's interesting is that Loretta Velezquez wrote a book about her and actually documented her whole journey. Spoilers. Did you want to talk about her book? I mean, I was going to. Oh, I'm Chronologically how it... Okay. And then I just want people to know she wrote a book. Okay. Look, I've written some books. It happens. Okay, so her kids are dead. She's in St. Louis. This is really sad. And then her and her husband barely have time to grieve. And what happens? The world is in utter chaos. And by the world, I mean America. And none of the southern states voted for Lincoln. And there's all this tension. And then Texas secedes. And then he's like, oh, shit. I'm from Texas. Her husband. Her husband. That's what I meant. When I said he, you're right. (laughs) Uh, He's like, oh, my God, I'm from Texas. And Texas just, like, left America. But I'm, like, a soldier for America. Oh, no. So he gave up his ranking in the American Union Federal Army and enlisted in the Confederate Army. Can I please talk about the thing in Pensacola? Yeah. Okay. So I've read two. so So this is 1861. Probably. You're right, Amelia. I'm trusting you <laughs> when it comes to the years. It's 1942, Shiloh. Right now? Yeah, right now. <laughs> no. no. I know approximately the years of the Civil War. <laughs> Give me a break. I went to college. So he is in the Confederate Army. And so I'm going to tell you two different stories because I saw a lot of sources saying one story but then pbs said another story and pbs i feel like is really reliable so i'm gonna tell you the pbs story first the pbs story is that he joined the confederate army and then he went to pensacola to train confederate florida right yeah and it's also pretty close to new orleans too i think it's like a two or three hour drive on the coast there sure i want to do that drive anyway so (laughs) 
He's in Pensacola. He's training Confederate soldiers. And what happens? There's an accident and he dies. But it's a training accident. He kind of ended up shooting himself on accident. Yeah, I read that he killed himself demonstrating a weapon. Yep. (laughs) That's kind of like... That's the worst way to end your military career. That's the worst way to end, like, a lot of things. Your life. That's rough, man. Oh, yeah. It's just embarrassing. I don't know how you recover Well, you you don't. You're dead. So, and then PBS says that at this point, after he dies, Loretta's left with nothing. Her kids are dead. Her family's disowned her. Her husband's dead. And then, so she masks herself as man and joins the Confederate Army. However, a lot of other sources that are on the internet that I don't really know if they're verifiable or not said that her husband, while they lived in St. Louis, supported her supporting the Confederacy and, like, helped her figure out how to dress and mask herself and that she actually went and got, like, a group of soldiers together and then brought them to Pensacola to give this group of soldiers she recruited to her husband. And then he killed himself showing a training demonstration. Mm. I read something different. Ooh, what did you read? Well, I read that she, he joined the Confederate army and she wanted to join him, but he wouldn't let her. So it's similar to what you said, Mm. but that I read that he, too. he refused and then she had a uniform made and then designed her, dis- disguised herself as a man taking the name Harold T. Buford. What oh. a perfect Confederate name. Yeah, it's gross. It's I like a that, gross name. I read that that was true too, but before he said, no, don't join the army, he was like not, he, would, he wouldn't like, he was still encouraging her to like dress up as a man or something i didn't find that it's all like i read so many different things all we know is that he died and she started dressing as a man those things are 100 percent true across the board maybe thousand percent true possibly true i would stake my life on it okay (laughs) okay am i taking am i going yes okay from pensacola to you so her husband is dead she's dressing like a man and she's i feel like she's kind of like i don't know i don't have anything to lose i'm gonna keep doing this so she went north and fought in the fir- the battle of first manassas the bull run the bull battle run, of bull run. Mm-hmm. and the battle of balls bluff which are two civil war battles that i don't know much about besides that they're civil war battles because i don't like civil war i'm not a civil war buff <laughs> Um, I really like the Battle of Shiloh. I saw that. I read an article <laughs> about that as I was just researching this. We'll get there. So she's fighting as a just a soldier, as a troop, right? Like as a... Is that what you read too? Yeah, that's what I read. Well, okay. Because okay. eventually she... According to PBS, yeah, she was just like some soldier who laid low and just kind of fought the fight. And then according to all the other things I read online, she appointed herself to lieutenant and that's how she was able to recruit this probably fictional group of men. Okay. So let's say, let's go with the PBS version. Okay. So she's a grunt. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what they're called <laughs> in the army. Um. So then after she fights that, I don't know, maybe she she decided to change it up a little bit. She put back on, she put women's clothes back on and goes to Washington, D.C., where she decides I'm going to be a legitimate spy and gather counterintelligence to give to the Confederacy. In her um, 
autobiography that Shiloh touched on, she claimed to have arranged meetings with the Secretary of War, Simon Cameron, and President Abraham Lincoln. Yee. So, like, going for broke. I Didn't she do that, though? Didn't she go to become a spy because she was injured? And I have that as later. Okay. So, dude, okay. I just want to tell all you listeners that the timeline on this is a little fuzzy because I read it one way and then PBS like did it another way on on the order of events yeah so i don't know so i yeah mine is that she put on she fought she put on the clothes she goes to dc and acts as a spy and then in 1862 she fights in she's dressing as a man again she fights in the battle of fort donelson in tennessee and that's where she's wounded Mm. so i have that's where she's wounded and so she was scared that her gender would be revealed if she sought medical help like Mulan. Right. So she goes back to New Orleans. So I don't have her going to DC. I have her going to New Orleans yep. when she gets hers. Okay. We read the same thing. Now that you're saying this, I completely think we read the same thing and I just got it all mixed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she goes back to New Orleans. When she goes to New Orleans, she's arrested for being a union spy. Um, and that's cleared, but she's fined for impersonating a man because that was illegal at the time, which is interesting. I'd like to read that law. Right? Like, is it also illegal for Amanda Joseph? Like, how does this, what's the logic behind this? I, it was absolutely illegal to dress, to cross dress in general Just for a really long time. That's so weird. Hashtag Stonewall. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so she's fined, but then released. So after that, she pieces out of New Orleans, goes back to Tennessee, and found her original regiment. So then from there, she fights in the Battle of Shiloh, which is in April of 1862. Shiloh! During this time, she claimed to have spotted Ulysses S. Grant. It was close enough to shoot him, but she decided against it because she said it was too much like murder, which is true and an odd thing to need to say. Yeah. Um, I just think that's funny. That's weird. You know, that, I mean, I don't know. She's right, I guess. Uh, Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if I buy that one. No, that's, that's the one you have trouble with. So she goes through this battle, then she's on burial detail. So while she's helping to bury bodies, she's wounded in the side by an exploding shell. And as she's getting medical treatment for that, the army doctor discovers her gender. So at this point, he, like, kicks her out again, and she decides to end her career as a soldier, and she goes back to New Orleans again. Um, While she's in New Orleans, she claims she, at some point, becomes a spy again. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is the timeline you have. She goes to New Orleans, at some point, becomes a spy again, because she's like, I can travel wherever I want, because I'll just change my genders when I cross the Confederate line. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she marries Confederate Captain Thomas DeKalp, and he dies. So she has like a rough yeah. marriage life. Um, then she marries a man named Major Wasson and she immigrates to Venezuela. When he dies, she comes back to the U.S. where she travels and then gives birth to a son. So all of this happens. A bunch happens. The war's over at this point. In 1876, in need of money to support her child, she decides to publish her memoirs. And her memoirs are, have a long ass name. So they're called Women in Battle, a narrative of exploits, adventures, and the advent- and the travels of Madame Loretta Janita Velasquez. 
otherwise known as Lieutenant Harry T. Buford's United States Army, Confederate States Army. This is where I think it gets interesting because she's like, guys, look at all this stuff I did. I fought in all these battles. I was a spy. I'm super cool. We should also emphasize that she was also working for a spy as a spy for the Union. She was a straight up double agent. Yeah. And we don't know for sure which side. Yeah. Like it's kind of fuzzy which side she was dealing with. PBS thinks she had probably defected and was leaning more towards the Union, but we don't know that for sure. Yeah. And I don't think her memoir really gives us much into that. No. Either, well, she it? dedicated it to the Confederate, to Confederates. Yeah. So she dedicates her memoir to Confederate comrades who, although they fought in the losing cause, seceded in their valor by winning the admiration of the world, mm-hmm. which is rich. In this book, she also claims to have stolen electro electrotype impressions of Northern Bond plates and notes so she could take it to the Confederacy and make forgeries. So basically like forging money. What is an electro, what do you say? Electro? Like the, I think it's the things that you stamp bonds onto. Oh. Yeah. So she, she's kind of saying that she did a bunch to help the Confederacy. Yeah. She also claims in her book, I just thought this was an interesting quote. She claimed to have maintained her, maintained her womanly reputation and it was unblemished by even the suspicion of impropriety. So she's like, look, I dressed as a man, but I didn't like do anything sketchy while I was dressed as a man. Right. So her book comes out and the reaction's pretty mixed. Um, a Confederate general named Jubal Early denounced it as fiction. Mm-hmm. So he and her kind of get into like this fight. Dude, he was pissed that she wrote it because she was questioning a lot of like the idea that they were trying to like glamorize the Confederate army. And yeah. she was like, the war was so brutal and people were so awful. And he was like, oh. <laughs> so so he he reads it and he's basically like there's no way there's no way this is true this didn't happen he's like there's a bunch of inconsistencies there's a bunch of impossibilities she doesn't give people's full names in it so he's like this didn't happen you can't even prove you were at any of these battles nor did you give people's full names like obviously it's easy to get last names but like you didn't do it he then interviews her so he interviews Velasquez and and after that he's like hmm this didn't happen. There's no way. So he's like going around denouncing her book. In May of 1878, he receives a letter from her saying that he's basically trying to like slander her and he's mm-hmm. trying to like ruin her reputation by saying that her book was false and all of this. And she was like, listen, your experience of war and my experience of war can't be the same because two people never experience things the same. And she says, I do not pretend to know even one truth that transpired upon any one battlefield I served upon. I only endeavored to give the most important facts that came under my immediate observation. So she's like, this is my personal experience. You can write about your personal experience, but that's not our truths aren't the same, basically. And she also says in her letter, she's like, I left out names to condense it. She's like, I left out names because names get boring, essentially. So he... Early isn't sure what to do at this point is kind of the impression I got. He sends it to another friend who's a general and he's like, read this book and here's what I found and tell me what you think. And he also included, he wrote her back and he included his letter when he sent it to his friend, but his friend just forgot. 
and like never wrote him or her back so like she never got a reply from him i mean let's remember though that this isn't like send me the attachment on slack this is like i'm gonna put it in a box and then a horse is gonna carry it to you yeah and you so might there's get like it a lot months of things. later yeah yeah <laughs> um so there's been some debate throughout history if it's a hoax or not. Because some historians have been like, no, this is true because she knew this detail. And others have said, okay, but she was married full, four times and only gives the first the full name of one of her husbands. And so they find that really suspect. Um, so you guys can decide how much you believe. I don't know. I think that there... I Can I say my opinion? Yeah. Can I finish quick? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so she writes this book it does pretty well from what i understand um she's last documented as living in nevada and she dies in 1897 i read or watched that she actually ended up fighting for the cuban independence i didn't find that anywhere it said it in the movie (laughs) (laughs) that's cool yeah but i don't know if i believe that though because i read that the whole thing about her moving to venezuela venezuela and then coming back to nevada so there's like i think it's just we don't we know some very specific things are absolutely true and then there's some other things where we're like oh maybe yeah but um i think there's truth to her book i think that a lot of it has been corroborated but i i really also think that she embellished a lot of it because she's trying she was trying to make money yeah it's like most books. If you have a ghostwriter, you embellish. <laughs> I feel like I agree with Shiloh. I think that it, I think that the basics are true, but she exaggerated her role in them. It's kind of how I feel. I also think it's awesome that she made it as far as she did, masked as a man. No, as a white man. Because remember, she's like a Hispanic woman passing mm-hmm. as a white man. And what I find is interesting, and I forgot to say this at a point, but um, in the documentary, they talk about how she actually bought a slave and used that status as a way to kind of pass, which is awful. Yeah. And then uh, when there was, like, something happened and the slave actually, like, escaped to the north. But I don't know. It it was kind of weird. They're like, but she treated him well. I'm like, she still had a slave, though. Yeah. (laughs) still bad it's still bad so it's like interesting the different little things she did to pass i i think that's really fascinating too i think it's interesting that her husband dies and her first in her she's just like time to become a soldier but what else was she going to do it's not like marry again yeah i mean i don't think like that (laughs) it's like I mean, I'm not saying, like, either was the right choice. I just... I mean, she had burned her bridges with her aunt and with her family. And, yeah, I don't know. I guess she could have married again. But it's not like she could go just, like, get a job and support herself. Yeah. You know? So... That's so interesting. I bet she could have, though, like, just been, like, I volunteer as spy. Because not a lot... Of, not as a woman. <laughs> a lot of women spied. Because women could get into different places right mm. they would be less suspect i'm just saying women did more in the war it's undocumented and underappreciated maybe we'll cover another one at a later time if we can find one <laughs> stop making promises we can't <laughs> amelia yeah you, are I, you gonna do the rate and review yeah message i'm just 
Thank you very much for listening to Plead the Belly. Don't forget to rate and review and tell your friends. And you guys, seriously, I can see you online. Not to guilt trip anyone because we wouldn't want to do that to our listeners. I'm just letting you know I see you. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. And Amelia's a class eight jerk face. You're the one who fucked it up. You jinxed us. You just sat there the whole time, though, like not being supportive. <laughs> being like, wow, you fucked it up. Instead I don't know of- what you expected from this partnership. I don't know. What you- <laughs> I, don't- <laughs> I know. There's never been any like facade. Yeah, this. <laughs> I'm pretty open about it. <laughs> you always do Jeopardy. That's, that's the only one I know. I'm really a one trick pony. Oh man, why do I write my notes like this? I don't know. I want, I ask myself that every time I write our short notes. <laughs> and ended up marrying a Texas United God damn it. <laughs> I don't even know why you work with me. <laughs> she ended I- up <laughs> This is going to be one of those episodes where we're like, oh my god, that was like two hours long, and when I'm done editing the burps out, it's going to be like 30 minutes. Oh my gosh, this took us so long. Oh wait. Oh, wait. Roger the babies.